You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,157. Follow-up is the missing piece for most business owners, and it can literally make or break your business. Follow-up coach and speaker Deborah Hoffman is here to share the four secrets to power up your sales. Deborah, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here, Richard. I'm excited to have you on the show. I wonder if we could start with you sort of giving us a little interesting story about your professional background, kind of your path to where you are today in your profession. I would love to. It it is quite an interesting story because my background was working on Wall Street for 20 years, and I was really successful there. didn't realize then that I had been creating this really effective follow-up system and then retired early to be at home with my family and built a health and wellness business, again, teaching my team how to effectively follow up, and a lot of them prospered as well. And then one day at a conference, a woman came up to a booth where I displayed these products, and she was interested in what I had to offer, but wasn't ready to make a decision. So she asked me to follow up with her, which I did for 14 months, (laughs) which is not so easy. But she finally became a client, and we had this conversation, and she just said, Debbie, you're amazing at follow-up. I struggle with this. This is a unique gift that you have. People really have a hard time with this. You need to do something with it. And one thing led to the next, Richard, and that's how this business got started. I had no idea I was doing anything special. I had no idea that people were struggling with this. But sometimes it takes somebody outside of us to point out our unique gifts, and I'm really grateful to her because now I'm helping so many people So bef- their businesses. Before we get into the rest of the questions, I, I want to ask you maybe to define for our audience, which are CEOs and business owners across North America, what do you mean by the term follow-up? I'm so glad you asked that because most people think of follow-up in pretty simple terms. When I ask people what does follow-up mean to them, it, they say, oh, I meet somebody at a networking event, and I send them an email. That, to them, is follow-up. My definition of follow-up is very different. So it starts, like, way before you even meet someone. You're at home or at your office preparing what you're going to say when people ask what you do when you're going to a networking event or you're preparing for a meeting or whatever you're doing. And then I go into how to network more effectively, what mindset to go to a networking event with, how to follow up afterwards, what kind of a system, what kind of technology to have in place so that no one slips through the cracks, how to pre-qualify, how to ask for referrals, how to invite people to work with you, and how to follow up after they've become a client. So follow-up is the sales process, Richard. I call it follow-up, but I really... It's the entire sales process is what I teach. It's a holistic approach from the way you just described that, and it's also a very intentional approach. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. And it seems to me, in my experience, um, that many times the business development part of the business, either because of the people that are in that role or the way the company views it, can be not as intentional as it could be. You know what I mean? It's sort of we make it up as we go and we respond to the environment at the time. Maybe some of this planning forethought isn't always put into how people present their business, even at a company level, let alone an individual or a service provider. 
totally agree, and I hear people all the time saying, I just wing it, because I, I have a quiz that I make available to people for them to assess where they're at with their follow-up so they can see where their strengths are and what areas might need some attention. Sure. And we talk about that, and they say they wing it. You know, most people just wing it. They don't have a, st- a, pra- a, a plan or a strategy, and they're not prepared. And preparation is so, so important for every step of the the follow-up process, the sales process. So one of the things that we believe here in Critical Mass radio show and podcast is successful entrepreneurs have a niche or a series of niches that they have recognized that value what they do. Uh, Can you share with us what are the niches, the niche markets that you work in? Like, who are the type of clients that you can help the most or seem to value what you do the most? I love that question, Richard. So I work primarily with entrepreneurs and small business owners, and I find that one niche that I really enjoy working with are people in the direct sales or network marketing industry because of my background there and because it's a very misunderstood industry. So I love working with those people because they're very passionate, they love their products, they love their company, and they don't have the skills in place, and they fail a lot, and that industry is very misunderstood. So that's one area. The other area I focus on are people who've left corporate, and they're really smart, savvy people. They have resources to invest. They're new at being an entrepreneur, and they're really committed to being a success as an entrepreneur, and they're looking for support because they know they can't do it alone. So I love working with um, coaches. I love working with uh, business consultants. I have some business consultants I'm working with who I, I love working with because they're really smart people, and they're, they're, they want to take action. So the psychographic is really the key, is that these are, these are people who are, they're smart, they, they're committed to taking their business to the next level or to even start a business and be successful at it. So I work with financial advisors as well because of my Wall Street background and private bankers. So there's a few different niches that I work with. So it's a kind of a hard question to answer because I've been helping people from so many different backgrounds. No, but you answered it. And it's not just one niche. It's a series of niches that you can have to be a successful entrepreneur because you can spread yourself across a number of niches. But there's a common psychographic I heard and then a very specific industry focus, which is I will give you an A on your answer to that question here. And, <laughs> and now so we much. can so now we can move on. I'm curious, do you find people that use, you know, we all have as service providers clients who let us be the best service provider for them we can be. They're not always the ones that pay us the most, but they take our advice and they take our tools and they really try to implement it with a 100% effort and they're really committed to um, the kind of things that we can help them to do to improve their business. Do you find people with previous sales background are better students for you or people who come from maybe the corporate world who have no sales experience uh, and uh, are better clients for you, better better clients in the sense that they take your system and they actually implement it as it is designed? That's such a great question, and it makes me realize I forgot one of the psychographics, and that's that they're coachable. So I find that I love working with coachable people. A lot of times when people have been in sales a really long time and they have maybe an old-school way of doing things, more of the pushy, salesy way of, of approaching sales, they're a little harder to work with because I'm unraveling a whole way of being from, you know, could be years and years and years. So uh, I never even thought of it this way, but it's the people who are more, that are newer in the sales arena or uncomfortable with sales, and they love 
my approach to making it all about them and making it all about serving other people's needs and coming from that place of wanting to make a difference so that they're more comfortable with the whole sales process because most people have this issue about not wanting to be salesy or pushy and I coach my clients to in my system so that they never feel salesy or pushy again so I think it's really more the people who have uh, not had a lot of sales experience or the ones that have that are very who are very coachable and they they're seeing what they're doing is not working and they're open for a new way of approaching their business. You're listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Franzi, and I have Deborah. Do you want me to call you Deborah or Debbie? I heard Debbie's both. Debbie's good. Okay, Debbie's, Debbie's good. good. Okay, Thank Debbie's you. good. Debbie Hoffman. And we're talking about her system, the Power Up Your Follow-Up System. She's a follow-up coach and a speaker. Um, when you speak, you're speaking, what are you speaking about when people hire you to be a keynote or a workshop speaker? I speak uh, about, I, I usually share three or four uh, tips, you know, secrets that I've uh, uncovered over the years. It depends on how much time I have, but I'm usually introducing people to some, I'm giving them things that they can walk away with right away, some, you know, tools and, and mindset shifts and things that they can do right away to grow their business. How much has uh, technology changed or augmented or helped people in the power and of the follow-up? I mean, how much are you leveraging technology with your system, Deborah? Yeah, great question. Um, in a major way, because these days people are telling me, and it's, it's astonishing to me, whenever I speak, I always talk about the technology, and it's called a CRM, a Customer Relationship Management System. That's the technology to keep track of all your contacts and, and when the next follow-up should be happening. And whenever I ask people to raise their hand if they're using it, using a CRM, very, very, very few people raise their hand, which is amazing to me in this age of technology. But people are either afraid of it, they think it's going to be too overwhelming, they're not going to be able to do it. But it is critical because people who have notebooks uh, or pieces of paper or like sticky pet notes or business cards piling up, they're not able to find their contacts information quickly enough and they're really disorganized. And a lot, they're telling me that potential clients are slipping through the cracks. They know it. And so the technology is critical, and it makes the whole process so much easier because there's no way to keep track of all this information in your head. And the more people you're following up with, the more people there are to keep track of. And you've got to have it, you've got to have one place to have every, all the information on your contacts, all the email templates, all the reminders. Everything's got to be in one place to, to really maximize your time and to be more efficient and more effective. Debbie, I lead mastermind groups here in Southern California for business owners and top executives, and I uh, had a speaker come in last week to speak to one of my groups, and he shared with, and he's a marketing branding person, and the latest research is that many prospects need between seven and 12 touches before they engage with you. And the research shows that most people stop after four. Yeah, I share these statistics all the time. That's why I'm laughing. It actually takes five minimum contacts before the average person says yes to working with you. And then the numbers vary. Some experts say eight to 15. That's the range. Okay. But only 8% of entrepreneurs make that critical fifth contact. So that means 92% of us are stopping short of where the business starts to happen. 
And so when you when you understand that as a marketer or a salesperson, this idea of chasing a prospect or being too salesy, you're actually only trying to help them, and they're very busy and other-focused. We're not that important to them yet. It's understandable that it takes multiple contacts before and multimodal contacts before you get on their radar screen where they go, okay, I guess I, you're pretty persistent. I guess I should talk with you about whatever it is you believe I should talk to you about. Exactly. That's exactly what I teach my clients. Really? Well said, Richard. Wow. Man. And I haven't even been in her class yet, ladies and gentlemen. I've just been to her website and watched some videos and picked this up on my own. So obviously, just being around you through osmosis, things can get shared, Debbie. I I appreciate it. Good for you. That was awesome. It's so true. And it's a mindset shift. And my feeling is that we all have a gift, Richard. We all have something that can make a huge difference in the world. And the only way people are going to know about it is if we follow up. And if we don't, I really believe we're doing people a disservice because they need what we have. And if we don't follow up, they could continue to suffer or struggle with that issue. So, it's a it's a responsibility. I take this very seriously. And, and I'm glad you do, because I think a lot of people that chatter in their own head gets in the way of connecting oh, yeah. with prospects. They create the friction and the tension. The, exactly. the client, the prospect's not doing that. They're just feeling like, oh, you know, this is the seventh time I've sent them an email or called them or whatever. And boy, I, I think I'm probably just going to bother them too much. I shouldn't do this anymore. It's the stories. You hit the nail on the head. People tell themselves these stories, and they convince themselves not to call. And I can't tell you how many times people have thanked me for being so persistent and not giving up and following up with them. Right. I had two women last uh, early in the year that asked me to follow up with them when I was doing the next, my next mastery program because the timing wasn't right for them. I called one of them five times, one of them nine times. <laughs> They both thanked me, they both joined the program, and they were both thrilled. And, and thank, again, thanked me for not giving up on them. It wasn't that they didn't have interest, it was that they were busy. Like you said, people have other priorities, and your priority is not necessarily their priority. So if you believe, entrepreneur, that your service or product is really going to help the prospect, you're there to help them, it's sort of like, wouldn't you do the same thing for a friend? If you actually thought you could help your friend, wouldn't you be persistent in trying to get their attention? Some, in some ways, I think that's what people need to do when they make that phone call. Because before you pick up the call, you have to have the right frame of mind. Right, Debbie? I mean, if you call them thinking, oh, this is a burden, they're not going to answer anyway, and then they pick up the phone and they answer, you're not in the right state to be the most convincing person you could be. Exactly. We, we have to believe in what we offer, that we know that we know that we know uh. that we provide value. <laughs> and when we come from that place, we become magnetic, and people, we, wow. we put out that energy, and people are attracted to us and want to know how we can help them. Okay. That's the way it works. i got to go back. Give me the nose again. We know that we, w- get, go we back. We know that we know that we know that we provide value. So there's three no's in there. And that's actually, that's probably an affirmation that people could do in the mirror or something. I don't know. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'm not trying to take your system away from you, but it just seems like to me, people have to believe this into their DNA. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. and want to help. If, if you don't believe in yourself energetically, people are going to pick up on it. It's very subtle but very powerful. Like we can't hide 
we, we can't hide what's going on inside because it, it's transmitted energetically. Did you know this back when you had your successful Wall Street career? Or are these terms and words things that you've uncovered since you moved to California? <laughs> oh, my God, that's a great question. Um, I, th- I think the latter. These are things that I came to understand later. It was just who I was being back then, but when I started to analyze it and pick it apart and and do my, um, what do you call that? Not due diligence. It's the um, reverse engineering sort of, you know. Sure. I kind of reverse engineered what I, I was doing and that this is what I, I uncovered and discovered. So I'm going to ask you about unintended consequences. I, my latest book is on unintended consequences of business decisions. Was there ever a time, Debbie, in your life where you had this plan and you went and took the actions and the outcomes were significantly different than what you had expected, intended, or anticipated? And if so, would you share that experience with our audience today here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast? Of course, of course. And are you referring to uh, unintended meaning like things went better than you thought or worse than you thought? Either one, because they're both unintended consequences. Okay. All right. Well, when I kicked, I was kicking and screaming when this client who turned into a friend shared with me that I needed to do, you know, I needed to teach people follow-up because seriously, I thought she was crazy. Like, I just didn't have a clue. And I had no idea. And so an unintended consequence was she invited me to come to this event, and the woman running it asked us all to make an easy-to-say-yes-to offer, to offer something Mm. that we do for $97. So I asked her, what should I offer? And she said, offer a five-week teleseminar. That's what we called them back then, right? (laughs) And I was like, I don't have a five-week teleseminar. And she said, just offer it. And I was like, okay. Like it was a game, right? So I stood up. I was one of the first people, like always. I just take action. Stood up and offered my basic principles of follow-up, or whatever I called it. I don't even remember what I called it. And two people at the end of the weekend gave me their credit card, and I went, "Oh my God!" So I called my <laughs> husband, and I said, "We need to create a five-week teleseminar because I have two people who gave me who just paid for this program that doesn't exist." And so I decided I might as well invite other people, and I doubled the price to 197 and I had 22 people in that first program. So wow. that was not what I expected. Like, wow. I had no idea that that was going to happen. That is the power of putting it out there, though, isn't it? So when people say to me, I don't have the program, I can't offer it, I don't know what it is, but you know what? Offer it, and then you'll be forced to create it. Because I would never, ever, ever have done this, Richard, if I, because it's really hard to put a, a five-week program together. I mean, it's, it's really a challenge when yeah. you're starting from scratch. Right. And if I had known how hard it was, I never would have done it. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> but now, years later, I've improved it. It's, you know, it's now seven weeks. I, it's a webinar format. I do Zoom coaching calls. Like, everything's so different now. Right. But it was not what I had expected, and that is how my business just took off from there. It was crazy. Like, it was, I had no clue what was going to happen. Well, it looks like I'm, unfortunately, almost out of time with you today here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, but it... If someone, and I hope they do, either listening to us live on OC Talk Radio or maybe as an iTunes podcast or iHeartRadio or one of the other platforms that we use, they say, I've got to get in touch with Debbie Hoffman. How do you suggest they do that online? Well, I have a free gift, actually, to uh, offer to your listeners. Wow. That's um, a free guide. Power. It's a four secrets to power up your sales without being salesy. 
And you can go to powerupyourfollowup.com forward slash free guide, F-R-E-E-G-U-I-D-E. And then from my website, Power Up Your Follow Up, there is a way to um, click on that to have a conversation, you know, to, to reach out to me. And that would be the best way to, to reach me. And then I, just to have this, this guide that will help your audience to, you know, there are four steps they can implement right away to grow their business. Well, that was very nice of you, and I, I want to welcome you to the Critical Mass community, and thank you for being a new member and friend of, of the Critical Mass radio show and podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. I've enjoyed it. You are fun to talk to. Thank you for your time today. <laughs> Thanks. You too. All right. Have a good day. You too. All right. I'd like to thank our engineer as well, Mr. Paul Roberts, without whom we couldn't do this show. Well, that is actually our producers, because they are without whom we couldn't do this show. Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, let's do it on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, spelled F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.